Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dr. Drew here, and this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learn something, but see your doctor, get proper medical care. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here we are again. Jay Moore, MFR. Welcome, man. It's been too long. Make, it has been ma- too long. Make your water look like urine, Jay. Oh, I, I try to. Eventually, it will look like urine. It will be urine. <laughs> more Stories podcast. Uh, hashtag More Stories. Um, the New America's uh, Lakers podcast. I didn't name it, Drew. Come on. Yeah, but I'm, I was. It says it says something about Bob following, and I said, "Is Bob on that one? He's Bob's got a Lakers, Lakers podcast." Did you see last night's triple double, youngest triple I, double in NBA history. Would he beat LeBron by like five days? Oh, or? did was it only yeah. a few days? Well, yeah, I mean, but. LeBron didn't go through that pesky college song and dance. I'm like, sure, take my SATs and everything, right, guys? <laughs> that pesky college thing. <laughs> we, One year of college. We were um, off the air where the mics were eating up. We were talking. We can't. We seem to keep talking about the sexual harassment stuff. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's boring for people. But I don't think it's boring for people. Yeah. I think it probably fascinates people. Well, right? let's get Maybe into it. Maybe it's boring for you. And no, you're no, let's get into others. it. Maybe. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. You it, know, there's an argument to be made for sexual harassment. For it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's unacceptable behavior, but right. that's why we're all here because, you know. Uh, you well, know. there's a difference between harassment and being sexually aggressive, right? We're, the only reason we were born is because, like, our moms were goosed in the ass by, like, our dad. Oh, Mr. Moore, you're a character. Stop it. <laughs> and yeah. the rules have become so, um, of course, like, harassing a woman. I'm a feminist. I'd like to think. Well, there's just, two things going on, though. Bob, I'm talking to you. I Cheryl. understand. You have to just. No. No. <laughs> No, what, go ahead. Because you could be from Alabama and you could be spot on with what you're saying. No, you can't harass a woman, period. I right. mean, but I do a thing on stage about like, well, the harassment seminars, they get to the point of lunacy where they show you like a, a, a film of a guy eating a banana and he puts it down by his waist and he's like, hey, Wendy, what are you having for lunch? And then like some lady looks like Lisa Ann, the porn star, is, the, is usually the uh, human resources lawyer. She's like, who can tell us what's inappropriate? I'm like, your outfit. Maybe your outfit. Your outfit for starters. Wow. Uh, you, you shouldn't be the hottest uh, woman I've ever seen in my life and like summons me. But yeah, it's a problem, obviously. Yeah. And what's, what frightens me is when you go, you know, this is no good. And then the first response on Moss is, well, what if he didn't do it? It's like, well, what if he did do it? Maybe we should rethink this whole thing of 
reprogram ourselves to like, hmm, what if you did it? I'm just fascinated by the duality of there's some people doing it and, and don't seem to suffer consequence. And then others, and there's no middle, right? The thing that happened with Louis C.K., who I love, who I talked about several times on this podcast. I just love the guy. I think he's a genius. He, there is no room for forgiveness for him. There is no forgiveness in America anymore. There used to be resurrection and and sort of forgiveness. Like they would they would like they would chop someone's head off and then like them to kind of re, be reborn. We well, don't we don't have that anymore. Even Michael Jackson had forgiveness. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, but listen off the wall. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a he, genius. You kind of had to. <laughs> if somebody is that good, you can forgive them. It, I, I think what America loves is an apology more than anything. Like while we all hate Pete Rose is because he gave us the apology like 13, 15 years later. It's like, you know what? If you just apologize, if you, if Louis came out and just apologized. He did. He oh, did. he did? Yeah. He did. He yes, said, I did today. this. There's no excuse for us that I misused my he, – he, he hit every note and then like, yeah, off with his head. Yeah. Enjoy. Well, he had his season, his show, or his movie, what got something got canceled of his. Uh, Everything. Play, I think. Everything. Yeah. So, I mean, the forgiveness. Did, did uh, Pam Adlon's thing get taken out too, the better things? No, no he'll just be removed from it. From, I see. So, well, if you, also, like, the title was unfortunate. It was a confluence of perfect awfulness. Like, if you're going to masturbate in front of, you know, women and the name of your show is, like, here's Daddy. Yeah, Daddy, like, I love oh. you or yeah, something. Well, yeah, it's I was like, like oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. The name of the show was, like, I'm sick. <laughs> It'd be like, you know what, just – Let's just limp this across the line and see what happens. But he'll be forgiven. I mean, you think who hasn't been? Literally, in the annals of U.S. history, people that have like really done something like that, who hasn't been? Like, Fatty Arbuckle. Well, yeah, because he died. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, there's like Roman Polanski tributes, and he's, he's a pederast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like that they're like, weird. hey, let's honor this guy, like Woody Allen. Like people, they don't care after a while. They just forget because it's it's just cicadas. They just noise. No, but with the off with their head, like Roy Moore is the top subject du jour this weekend, and Roy Moore admits that he dated underage girls when he was 32. Not underage. In Alabama, they're not underage. 14, oh, okay. 14 are underage. Right? No, he didn't, he didn't, he claims he didn't date that girl, but he did date the three Teenagers. others who were 16, 17 yeah. and, eight, and 18 and 19. Which, but, but what about her emails? <laughs> it's because there's a counter argument that's nonsense. It's all just noise. No, but I think... It's becoming noise. And so, so, so I think with Louie, there's no counter. There's no, well, what, this is all like a Soros thing and a, what about her emails? Why don't you investigate that with Louie? As a comic, you're this lone, lonely wolf, and there's just there's no pack. Well, there's also no there's no way to respond because people don't want to hear it. They they don't care. the 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 spin and the virality is all in the go get him, kill him. It's 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 mass action. It's 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 the mob. What do you think the it's, healthy it's reaction? The French Revolution, is? Jay. Yeah, it's a there's an unhealthy thing. But Chrissy said, "I find everything that I just read so repulsive. Doesn't surprise me in men." But I would still go see his comedy because he's the greatest comedian. He That's is the that greatest ability to compartmentalize. I think is that good or bad? Is it good or bad? I'm asking you. I don't know. Well, like if a football player does something terrible, right? The guy, the guy who punched the girl in the elevator, still plays football. No, he's out. Ray Rice is out because it's on video. And if you hire Ray Rice, the video is going to follow him to your town. And I thought have he that played phone. again. No. He didn't play again. No, and he donated all of his checks to women's shelters. He subsequently married. Uh, Janae? The girl who he Rice. punched? Yeah, they're married now, and they're very happy together. And people go like, well, he can't be a running back anymore. Look at his numbers. And my argument was, 
If you're to the point mentally where you punch your fiance in the face, you're probably not doing well at work either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no matter you're, if you're an accountant, you didn't carry a, a one or the decimal point got sloppy. Like your whole life is so out of order. If you're going to actually blast a lady in the face with your fist, like everything's a mess. It is, but with what football. What did you think when you saw that video, Drew? Did it shock you or yeah. did it? It did. It, it is did? shocking. Yeah, yeah. he he clobbers her, and, and the fact and that there wasn't across the hallway that there wasn't a, a a cop and an ambulance there was stunning to me. It was just absolutely. But, but but that's just because we saw the video. We know that thing that sort of thing goes on in America every night. Right. Joe Mixon's on the Bengals when he was at Oklahoma. He punched a girl in the face in a restaurant. That's on video. So you're a big football guy, I can tell. Um, yeah, I like football. Okay, so did you hear Bob Costas' comments yesterday about the concussions? Mm-hmm. So eventually, Bob Costas did this seminar. It's great about the concussion thing, right? He said, eventually, it's not a matter of what doctors say and, and kind of confusing the issue of concussions. The decisions about NFL football will be made by suburban moms because they won't allow their sons to play football. That's true. And, it, and it, that's, that, that has to scare the NFL. Is this where you tell me soccer is the future again? No, because <laughs> the soccer, the heading in soccer, they're saying, gives you a brain he- t- uh, My Uncle injury. Bob was one of the coaches of the Cosmos, like 1978. You're kidding. When Pelé was on there? Yeah, back in You Bauer. met Pelé? Yeah, it was the first uh, penises I saw. How, do you swear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it the first time I saw you do refer to You've seen Pelé's penis. And uh, Alberto, like all those guys. The first time I saw like cock ever, and they were all like these giant Brazilian uncircumcised things. I'm like, something's wrong with me. Like these guys, this is apparently what you're supposed to look like, and I'm uh, short. <laughs> and with, without, That's Trump. And without a penis. Did you get therapy over that? No, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Something to look forward to. You're 14. Just having your hair tussled by a naked Brazilian <laughs> with a, a, a roll of tar paper between his legs. How are you doing, kid? That's crazy. Yeah, it was good. If people want to call, it's 323-649-8268. More stories. Hashtag <laughs> more stories. Story I will never forget that. It was good. It was good times uh, seeing soccer. I I don't know any of the other teams that were ever in the NASL. Yeah, no no one does. They just know Pelé. But so, I remember in 1978, people going like, here it is, soccer. And we just, as a country, keep going, nope. But I, <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's the same reason hockey's never going to be up to like baseball and football and basketball. Because in in soccer, with goalies, it's 2-1, 1-0. If there were no goalies, it'd be 9-8. It's not enough scoring. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just there's so many guys running around. Yeah. Don't, we don't have the patience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's three minutes of action packed into th- two hours. Zero, zero, but yeah. you got a point, you advance. Like, we can't compute. Like, wait, we have to win. You know, everything has to be like the Normandy invasion victory. So, right. if you're a football fan, do you have to have an opinion about concussions? Do you have one? I mean, it's a pretty broad. I, well, you I, heard about the brains uh, scan from the yeah. Hernandez kid, right? Yeah. They'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. And he ended uh, up seen murdering like it. it was and, bad, though. They huh? just turned the other cheek. It was bad. Know? Yeah, they it was turned bad. away from it. You know, like yeah. Junior Seau shot himself in the heart so his brain could be used to study How that. How crazy is that, Drew? Well, what we don't know, what, one of the things I have questions I'm Drew's asking. Because a big football guy. I'm just yeah. trying to get the football. I'm not well, a big football guy. No, it's a, it's a big problem. What like, we don't what, know is what a brain looks like, really, that doesn't. Is there CTE in just other sports and just get growing up male? You know, yeah, it, it could be. Of course there are. Yes, but I there's would not think. people in I other sports so. killing themselves and de- de- developing all these brain injuries. Uh, no, I'm not saying it's, it's not worse in the NFL. It's t- bad. It's, I'm it's just saying. the worst. Yeah, we just don't know how bad relative to other things. I and, think it's probably second place to boxing because boxing, they yeah. don't try for it at all. And when you have the brain damage, like 
when when somebody dies in the ring, it's the fight before it where you had the brain trauma, oh, really? and then you get hit again. Like uh, yeah. was Benny Pratt was killed by um, Boom Boom Mancini killed somebody, right? Uh, yeah, he? Daku Kim, and but that guy, you know, he left on his own accord. He died later. But yeah. I had a memory of him just being like carried out of the ring, and Ray Mancini was on the More Stories podcast. He goes, "No, he he left. He, he but, walked but out." What's a, yeah, and what's amazing is he said, "He go." I go, "How do you like study a fighter back then? There wasn't like this age of digital technology now. Like, how do you get film on a guy that fights in Korea?" And he goes, "I like three fights that I watched, and somebody told me when he has a girlfriend, he's the greatest boxer ever. When he doesn't have a girlfriend, he's a bum." But Jay, you know, Bob and I have been getting pessimistic. We've been we've been sort of talking ourselves into misery. That's you why know, I'm and, here, buddy. And you seem optimistic right now. Yeah, if yeah. you caught me yesterday or Friday, yeah. well, it's right now it would have been very That's, different. Yeah, and we particularly are worried about how everyone's, you know, everyone is being pushed to extremes. No one's in the middle, or at least you don't hear from everyone. You get crucified. Who's in the middle. I drift towards the middle now as yeah. I've gotten older. You get crucified by all my friends on both because sides. All my friends are on either liberal. side. You can get. Well, I don't know a lot of them. Yeah, well, you, you'll find them. They'll find you. <laughs> but it's shocking when your friends, your liberal friends you grew up with, crucify you for pausing and not making a judgment or having a centrist view. You know what I'm saying? Well, they don't, they don't sound like real reliable friends. No, they're my closest friends. They just live in that liberal bubble. It, it, the, I the, moved to Claremont. Maybe, that, maybe you didn't have all the info. Like in the Inland Empire? Yeah, somewhere? yeah, yeah. So I've become more centrist from living in the But, but it's like the, the postmodernist, post, you know, the, the, where logic doesn't matter, everything is a cultural construct – our biology bears no influence on us. I mean, this is what's taking hold right now, and it's hard to listen to that. And and people have gone into these extreme camps where everything is really just about power, and nothing is about the human experience and flourishing and the things we should be worrying about. It's just renditions of power. Being right. It's also yeah, about being right. being right. That's right. They'd rather be somebody. Uh, Scott Adams. You know, that like guy atheists. Huh? Just like atheists. Like just the right. Scott Adams is saying that the most important thing that the Trump resistors are feeling is that whatever he does, they they want him to fail so they can be right. They don't care what happens to the country. They just need to be right. The Trump supporters? No, the Trump resistors. Right. They need to to see him fail so they can be right. Well, they see it often. Period. (laughs) Yeah. But but no matter what happens to the country or the rest of us, not important. Being right is all that matters. And it's like, ugh. It's children. That's what we Bob become. said a really important word. And that's pause. You said the word pause. Yeah. Stop and think for a second. And that's yeah. That's it's like you're probably banging your head against the wall. And that's I've said on like my podcast. Like we all just need to pause because the Earth is tilted towards inevitable inclusion. We've seen that like since the end of slavery to like Jackie Robinson to gay and lesbian rights to you know anti-Semitism. So it's, we're moving in an inclusive direction. Unless we unless, have no choice. Well, it's, there's it's a the there's the a counter. It well, funnels that way. There's a force in of, Poland the other day. There was a, a counter. And there's there's movement. religious fundamentalists coming in that could sweep through and set up a caliphate that doesn't think that. And well, that's fine because time will prove that fundamentalist wrong. Well, time see, that proven. I have faith in. I have faith. Well, it like, has let, already. You let, have data to prove your faith. Let the Charlotte people, the tiki torture, speak. Because an intelligent person who can decipher 
facts and information well, that's the way and it's go, a, you're nuts. That's the way it's supposed to Instead work. Instead of stop them from talking. Yeah, dialogue is supposed to be how it works. That's you how you bring up, ideas into the light. You guys are in the traffic now. Or you are in it. You're just like the people you're talking about because how? I have no empirical data to judge either side of the argument. You're just telling me everybody's nuts mm, and they don't. No, We're just what we keep hearing and hearing. You had and the hearing. Trump thing. And Bob's yep. telling me his friends just live in this liberal bubble, and but there's no – you haven't given me like any scenario. And, but you're really up in arms about it. I just came in up the street. And I'm like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I don't know what to tell you. But I choose not to play. The example – okay, I'll give you a concrete example. Addiction, right, is a big subject in America. 500,000 people have died from prescription drug overdoses in the last 10 years. Think the, about that number the, the, in this country. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. So, the the centrist view is like, hey, we need to address this. And what happens is the 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 things from the right and the things from the left pull to what is the solution to it, right? I'm I'm also interested in what caused it, right? This this hopelessness and helplessness that when you look at the opiate epidemic quick, and where the death is, don't forget what you are. You see how Bob's speaking more slowly now? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's you and me just talking. You like yeah. that better? This, this is the pause. Yeah. I'm obsessed with why these children feel hopeless and helpless and want to die. Because when I talk to them, they don't care if they live or die. And it's a different mentality than the rock musicians that you dealt with. That don't. They'll say they don't care if they live yeah. or die, but they really do. These kids really see hopelessness, help, helplessness, multi-generational this country has gone the wrong track idea. You know, that's the interesting thing about it. Whether Trump is president or Obama is president, 67% of the population believe this country's on the wrong track. I right. believe it's on the right track. We just need to have dialogue and believe in democracy. Why do the left Freedom. and the right get into a conversation about addiction? Like it because seems like they, because it's, it, it, you can't not face it. it in ev- everything gets politicized on both sides. Everything, even medical issues well everything that i know uh you know no i don't mean i don't mean healthcare. i mean how you approach a medical problem or a psychiatric problem but who like left right what are the arguments against what you're trying to find if you're hold on real quick yeah if you're seeking knowledge Mm -hmm. there's no opinion against you seeking knowledge yes logic doesn't exist it's just it's just it's a white male with his point of view see the centrist point of view, view hold on with hold his on, white okay. privileged point of view no, no. smeared his over point his of thinking view is i want to know but he why. can't escape he cannot escape his white male privileged perspective and his logic will be flawed and so it's just another he's just another well i'll tell you can i speak racist, for myself okay yeah. i believe there are many solutions to it there are these fractions that believe there is only their solution for it and the other side who has a completely opposite solution are idiots and wrong and vice versa. Right. Right. I'm saying the, the arguments are harm reduction, absence-based, uh, 12-step-based sobriety, um, psychotherapy, religion. I, I want us to use all of them. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, that's not what's going on. Right. It's a one or the other, and they fight amongst themselves right or wrong. And, so, well, and I got to admit, I was one of those people when, fighting when, for abstinence. Whenever based. anybody gets black and white in their thinking, I'm not talking about race, just in terms of digitally, you know, A or B, black or white, right or wrong, those are primitive thought processes yeah. as opposed to weighing out the, the middle ground where things are in certain perspective. Yes, it could be A and a certain perspective could be B and maybe there's a 
ABC together that we can sort of find together that's a better solution. And you can't find a solution in this in this rigid oppositional thing. Yeah, I'll give you, you an example. Yeah, you can. Well, I was you of all people. My my idea was that Suboxone shouldn't be used for young people because they you're sentencing them to a drug that they're like methadone, right? I've changed my tune over the last five years because that's the leading cause of death for those young people. So if this drug keeps them alive long enough to grow up yeah, to become sure. more fully realized, and then they get off that drug, that's a that's a middle road, a middle of the road solution that I've evolved into, right? I want grown. other people to calm down and evolve into. Let's have dialogue about this, and it's very difficult. Are you not having dialogue with other people? It's Di- very dialogue difficult. Is, dialogue does Don't you get? Do you do you go on college campuses? Do you ever do that anymore? Often. Do they allow you dialogue anymore? Um, if they don't, I sort of like I just have it. <laughs> Insist I on just it. Did a show and count. The lady goes, "How come that kid in your story?" She, I could tell at the after show meal. She wasn't happy. Yeah. <laughs> it was this Asian gal, you know, the lady that actually hands you your check. Right? Oh. And she wasn't too happy and uh, little sticky fingers on that check. I'm like, all right, can I just – all you do is let go of your end <laughs> and I can pay some lawyers. Mm. Uh, how about a fresca? Mm. Yeah. And um, she, I go, are you all right? Did you like the show? She goes, mm, I had some problems with it. And I said, why? She goes, why did that kid outside Ralph's have to be a black kid? I go, because he was a black kid. He and she goes, but if he was a white guy, you wouldn't have said he was a white guy. I go, okay, I, I see what this is, and I, I appreciate you telling me that. Um, 12% of the population is black. I live in the Pacific Palisades, which is white. So if a black guy is outside of Ralph's, he's an outlier by definition because only let's say 20% of the population is black. A black guy, and a white, if a white guy runs down your street at Watts Tower or in Compton, you're going to go, remember that day that white guy came streaking across the lawn? I'm the outlier then. Yeah. I can't change what happened to appease your sensibilities. This is what happened to me. A kid tried to buy, sell me chocolate to help his high school football team get equipment. Yeah. He was a black kid. She goes, but why do you even have to mention that he was black? You I had go, this whole because, dialogue. Because he was black and he was there. I, I don't, I, that's what happened to me. I'm telling you the truth. I'm reporting life. But do you understand you're reinforcing stereotypes and you're damaging the, the minds the of these developing – kid's in business for himself. It's a positive stereotype. Let He's helping de- out his team. Let me defend Jay for a second. So a friend of mine and I were trying to start a music school at the Watts Towers about a year and a half ago. And we got there an hour – A lot of drums. And, and we thought we were going <laughs> to – that was racist. Yeah, that was racist. How? <laughs> But we thought, we thought the meeting was at 12 and, and, and it was at 1. So we were at the Watts Towers, two white guys, at, just sitting on a park bench. And these same cars just kept driving around the block looking at us. And we felt – and we talked about it. This is what black people feel like in Beverly Hills. Yeah. They just kept looking. They drive by real slow and, you know, and just look like – the hell are those two white guys doing? You're the outlier. Louis That's C. true. K., speaking of Louis C.K., he goes, white people are so like, he goes, you could put a white guy in Africa and he would go, look at all these minorities. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't think he said that in 18 years. Like that stuff he doesn't use. Uh, you, you you know, the thing about social media too, which I think it's a no small margin is uh, part of the problem. You last time I had you on the radio, you, you said something that stays with me to this day. You were saying that after the show, People would get on Twitter and start jamming on you and you you said, these people should not have that kind of access to you. It shouldn't be there. You're being actually nicer to me. 
you say because what I actually said was I did BlizzCon and I killed. It was six thousand people, people from South Korea, people from you know Canada, Holland, and I killed. I did great. I felt good. I went to my hotel room. I opened my computer and I checked Twitter to see how I did. Yeah, I was just there. Yeah, uh, and people on the internet. It's the world's largest bathroom stall. You just write what you want. You get Always up. Always negative. You walk out. Somebody yeah. else comes in. It's like, well, fuck you too. Yeah. And but the, you know they're they're just ghosts. They're idiots. They're just not. It's a troll is only as powerful as the attention you give it and feed it. And that the only life, the only sustenance is attention. But I was just on stage. That is a fundamental disconnect. When you, it's like when you're at a basketball game. You look up at the scoreboard at the monitor and you realize you've been staring at TV. And the, the yeah. chords in front of you. Yeah. People yeah. On, on concerts looking at the concert through their phones as yeah. they record it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just a habit you can break. So they took after you, and you felt what? I, was, I felt, like, in, indignant. Like, how dare you? I was there. It's good. Like, what, what makes you so great? And this and that. And, like, well, he was obviously inebriated. I'm like, I'm, I'm in a program. I Wait a minute. Like, and it was inappropriate. That girl's probably a minor. I'm like, I didn't touch anybody. I'm like, and then it wasn't until years later that I realized what a fucking moron I was. They are always going to be there. That's the the noise that you're arguing with about, you know, uh, you know, pill addiction and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're, an, you're an expert. You're an expert. You are. You have lived it. You've processed it. You've met every walks of but life. The, but there's other experts out there. That, it, listen, when when I had a maybe 19, you I had a 19 year old girl in a group when I was just doing your, um, you know, basically a synopsis of your brain lecture yeah. about the amygdala. Yeah. Yeah. She just raised her hand and goes, "I disagree." Oh. 19 year old girl. I go, "Who the fuck cares what you think?" Saint and Francis she of Assisi. Was, maybe, oh yeah. Maybe, then you got to go call oh, her parents. Oh blah, blah, blah. my god. Maybe it, you. It, this is weird, but maybe you can listen more. Yeah, I'm trying. You know, like St. Francis of Assisi, let me understand rather yeah. than be understood. Maybe, you know, it, it doesn't mean you're going to gain anything from it, but you'll get a lot more of your stuff out if you hear them all out. I'm trying. It, it, it's but it really deafening. bothers you. It's deafening because kids are dying and there's still no central idea. Are you going to D.C.? Maybe. Right? Maybe. So, so government policy is what dictates what the insurance companies allow and what goes on. So it all has to come from government and trickle down the mountain, right? And nobody in government in a year has has had any way of addressing what what's the next step? What are we going to do? I don't think you believe that to be true. Well, here, it here, is no, no, no. true because no, they no, no, dictate no. insurance care. That's super, super, super macro. What you do, what I've seen you do firsthand, yeah. is micro one-on-one. Yes. You make people... See how they can be well. You do. That wow. I can do. That is being devalued dramatically. You can't devalue that, Drew. I can't, but the, the insurance companies and the... Here's just he, came from the women's he, group and Palace. Like, there's he, no government entity that okay, can so, make me not feel well. So, no, we're talking about treatment over, over getting well. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. We're trying to... Right. Trying like, to for Bob to work his magic, his, his reimbursement, zero. For a doctor, a physician, to open his prescription pad for 250 Suboxone patients, wildly reimbursed. And by the way, the government mandating that doctors each take 250 opiate addicts and put them on a Suboxone. Say what you will about Suboxone. I don't, 250, I didn't op- 250 opiate addicts. Okay. I couldn't manage 25, and I know what I'm doing. So All that right. means you have people who don't know what they're doing, calling themselves experts, putting hundreds of people – for one physician on these things, highly reimbursed because of the way the bureaucratic structure is. Yeah. And something really meaningful is just cast out. 
Well, it's not I, cast out when you're in jail. That's my. That's how I really, you know, when somebody's in jail, they're more willing well, here, to participate in what I do. <laughs> but here's what right? I want to get at. But I, we're talking I, about the general mass. I, I want to get at that, that the other part that's been, as long as we're going like, we're, we're winding away here. No. <laughs> the other thing that's been happening, I want to take a call in just a second as part of this, is that 12-step has been under attack for the last five years. Under attack. Assault. We'll talk about it. Let's take the call. Big pharma. I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> Let's take the call. This is uh, Jamie from Seattle. Jamie. Hey guys, first time caller. What's Thank happening? You. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, I love the stuff you say, Dr. Drew, Bob, about 12-step. It's interesting to hear your perspective from what I uh, kind of look at and deem as an outside perspective, not guys within the rooms I'm talking to, but just hearing this outside perspective. And Dr. Drew, Bob, I'd love for you to address this question, which is uh, – I'm in recovery, do the 12 steps. I'm in those rooms. I'm one foot in, one foot out. Because of God. Right? I, I realize, and I call it the inconvenient truth, but, you know, and I, I, I'm just being open and honest. Wait, wait, you saw, you saw the inconvenient truth. That's, what, that's one of the things. I'm, you ever seen I, that video, the, Jay? I think he's referring to, hold on. Go ahead. You guys are hysterics. Well, I, I just want to say I feel like better when I go to four to five meetings a week. Than I do when I don't. And Dr. Drew, you've talked about this. It's the invisible thing. It's the thing that you can't touch. It's intangible. There's something that happens there. And I was wondering if you could uh, speak to that sub-question. If you, if you don't have time to answer it, that's great. Bob, how do you work with sponsees in terms of talking to them about a spiritual connection, God, when they're uh, not into that? They're, they're Having a tough time with that, they're trying to think their way through that. They're trying to. Can I field this, Bob? Uh, yeah, go. You, you uh, Jamie, go. what's up, buddy? It's Jay Moore. Hey, I, I am so. I'm good, buddy. I am so sick and tired of going to meetings and people that believe in God having to couch their belief in God or a higher power <laughs> as they at mid share like. And I, I know it's not for everybody, <laughs> but when I get on my knees and I pray to my higher power, and I'm not saying that's for. It's like. If you, if the only person that had Viking in the Inland Empire was Christ of Nazareth, the rabbi, <laughs> you would be the biggest believer in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the rabbi, the Che Guevara of his time that caused problems for the czars right. that kicked over money tables and said, there's a better way here. And I, it's, you're, look, if you go into a program like AA or NA, I can tell you right now, like anybody that comes in like, well, I get a big hang up with the God thing, like seven out of 12 steps, whatever it's mentioned, like, well, then you're not going to get well because it's, it's so crafted as we understood him. It's past tense for crying out loud. I've been to meetings where guys, it was their tractor because they were farmers in Calgary. I was in an English speaking meeting in France and some guy goes, the room itself is the higher power. Us in this room is a higher power than before Bob and Drew mm-hmm. and myself. And we all sat down. It's, it's, it's impossible to try to explain to a newcomer God because it's right there. And if they want to get sober, they don't care about that word, that concept at all. You get to the point – Drew and I talked about this. It might have been 20 years ago – of disgust. I'm so disgusted with myself. God it is <laughs> because I fucking sicken myself with my addiction. I'm going the God route as I understood him. And you can't explain – I think your question is how do you explain it to like an atheist or somebody, maybe an agnostic? 
Uh, is that basically your question, Jamie? For somebody who's just struggling with the concept. Well, yeah. here's well, they're not struggling with the concept. They're struggling with getting well. Because if you really want to get well, you won't care mm-hmm. what the language is because it is a 100% success rate if you do 100% of what is asked of you in the program. No, but I took a welcome chip March 14th, and I didn't drink. I was sober but not well for 19 years. I never did the steps. I never wrote them down. And I that's... Never- Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's the key. That's the thing I'm trying to work on and am really interested well, in. The can, not drinking thing is I great, can, but the getting well, the getting flourishing, as Dr. Drew calls it. Uh, 19 years. I can, give well tips. And so forth. I can give you some tips that I use. So obviously what what in the modern context, we label people narcissists and they're against uh, having a higher power and all this kind of stuff. There isn't a chapter in the book called To the Believers. There is a chapter in the book written in 1938 called We Agnostics, right? And so the idea was alcoholics have always had resistance to accepting powerlessness and transformation, right? So it's it's not that mm-hmm. that modern addicts like you were saying, caller, are are so new or different. I just have people read We Agnostics. I share my experience about it. I have them talk to people that have similar experiences the, and, and put it in a modern context. What was America like the Bill Wilson grew up in, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up Catholic. I don't know. Did you, where did you grow up? Presbyterian. Presbyterian. So confession and the fourth step, and the, it's the same thing. It's a part of who I, I understand, making things right, getting it out in the open. So does therapy. It says get it right, get it out in the open. There's more similarity than there is this black-white, that's-not-for-me type thing. And I had to evolve into that too. Jamie, right. you said you feel better if you go to like mm-hmm. four meetings a week, right? Yeah, he wants to know why. Do you? People. Yeah, and I wanted you guys to speak to that in terms of what Dr. Drew's talked about this before. And it's not just one alcoholic talking to, to another. There's this, for lack of a better term, this invisible force or something's going on there. Dr. Drew has eloquently spoke, spoken to that. In well, the I, past I, I usually speak, I, Jamie, I usually, that or, I usually speak about what goes on between and amongst people. I, I just, for some reason, you know, Adam Smith's invisible hand came to mind the way you, way you talked about it, Jamie. And I, and I perfectly happy with that metaphor, but that real uh, change happens in the context of other people. And you don't, you mm-hmm. know, the, the 12-step is a very deep, connected way of evolving and changing in, in, a, in a structured relationship with your sponsor, but you can get little doses from the fellowship and from the community. Because there's, there's a kind of a communion of like genetics and like pain and like understanding that, that is very reinforcing. You felt understood. You felt felt. I mean, feeling felt, feeling understood is, is like one of the most most important things. Talking about you, harassment again? No, not being, that's <laughs> being play, felt. Jeremy, do you play uh, Jamie? Sorry, Jamie, do you play fantasy football? Uh, no, but I'm a football fan. Do you golf? What do you do like uh, with other guys? Bit. Like, not, what do you do with the, what do you do like when there's like six people around you? Uh, Connection. Uh, I mean, physically, whatever, I work out a lot, you know, oh, uh, you just, skiing, yeah, uh, you just mountain feel, biking, you feel good after uh, it, trail you, running. You shared, so the, like Drew was saying, like you shared that experience. Like if you play fantasy football, you have a fantasy football draft, you get like 12 bozos in somebody's living room with a big dry erase board. You drive home like, my team sucks, but that was fun. Yeah. And just because that you shared, 
you know, the un, the unspoken thing in that room is that is yeah, a connection, a shared thing. Yeah. Here's and- here's something that happened. <clears throat> I will say that I do think because of rehab, the sponsor role is so overemphasized. It's everybody. There used to be this guy Joe Riley at Monday night. I just loved seeing him. It brightened my mood, this guy. And he was an old-timer, like 40 years sobriety. He used to, when he first started there, realizing... There is a contagion to some there's of this a, too. Just seeing him. He wasn't yeah. my sponsor. He wasn't... He was just this great old guy. And he started to realize I worked in treatment. And he said this joke. And then, you know, he got older and older and kept saying the same joke like he'd never said it. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, I hear you work in those places. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess rehab. And he's like, yeah, you know what us AAs say about those places? And I was like, no, Joe, what do they say? And he said, those places are for where you go when you're thinking about getting sober. And AA is where you come when you decided you want to. Was that Joe at Los Encinas? No, this is other there, Joe, there Joe at Father, no, Ter- at Father Terry's meeting. Yeah. And and it just uh, like but he it is, just made me feel good look, when yeah. I would walk in that room and I would see that old dude. Twelve step is that's when it comes the, to the magicalness. When of it, it comes to abstinence as the goal, and I would incur, I would say flourishing is the side effect. Twelve step does better, or in in every study, better or as well as any professional interventions ever found. And it's free. And it's free. And if you're really a bad addict and need somebody to sit on you and watch you. There's no way to – you can't afford that, but people in the program will do that. Well, in NA, I, if you're well, a, in NA, yeah. Well, that's when you need that. If you're a CEO, the 12 steps are – if you're not a drunk, the 12 steps are great for you. Mm. Like a fearless moral inventory of yourself. Like that's – What's who, wrong with that? Who's not you – know, you know, the nature of my, uh, my wrongdoings and stuff and a higher consciousness. Like that's – that's that's just good for you. That's what therapy is. You have to, you're trying. That's to, what I see very you, much parallels yeah. between all of these good well, things. Yes. Both Religion, at the same time and therapy, AA. Th- all... Therapy is somebody who's really skilled at getting close to you and connecting and following your feelings. But ultimately, the things you're ashamed of need to come up in that relationship. Yes, and that's that's the process. What you're ashamed of, guilty about, it's got to be like psh, there. So 19 years with no with no steps. None, nothing. What'd that, what'd that feel like about year 15? Fine. <laughs> it did? Yeah. It just, I didn't know. Because you hear that it gurgles up is, just more and more. You could just push I it ne- back down. I never had an urge to drink. No, I, I, don't, just think got, you, I don't think you do. I just got sick. Angry or uh, oh, depressed? Angry. Resen- I, both. I collected resentments my whole life, like stickers on a cartoon oh, suitcase. That's, that's not good. And my whole, now that I'm like uh, excavating and excavating, it's like you just discover more character defects and you get pretty blue. And then when well, your life, I'm 47 years old, I'm in an apartment for free that somebody's being nice enough to let me use. The money, like, it's gone. It's gone, gone. Yeah. You know, I'm paying lawyers out of my son's college education. I, I got fired from two jobs because I thought I was high. And they're like, is he okay? Is he on something? Like, the Boys and Girls Club, a corporate gig. Like, <laughs> that's, like, my thing. Like, that's, like, the Jerry Maguire going into the living room. Like, you give me a corporate gig. I'm your guy. I did the Betty Ford Clinic Saturday. Like, that's my thing. Yeah. I do corporates the best. And they're like, is he on something? I'm like, all right. Apparently, I'm behaving in a way <laughs> where I go, that was great. And they want to know if I'm on something. So it was just anger and anger and sadness and sadness and anger. Like my marriage went south and just I never worked the steps. I never had any infrastructure for what happens when the wheels fall off. Yeah. When life as you know it isn't life as you know it. When the towers come down, you're standing there ground zero like – there's, there's an infrastructure in place to deal with something so horrific. But when you 
are no longer married and you have a child in the mix that's regressing and you see that in front of your eyes and that sadness, there's nothing – depression is brand new to me. It's like a year and a half old. It's Friday. I saw somebody downtown at Kaiser visiting hours, by the way, 730 to 830. Like they're not screwing around. No, yeah. not, you know the hospital I'm talking yeah, yeah. And I, if I didn't have a show last night, I would have asked them for a bed. I was at – like I was gone. I was so low. And then – Today I went to that meeting and I, I saw Mindy who used to work at the cliffside. I don't know if you yeah. know Mindy and she's just talking down on the sidewalk. I saw a buddy of mine who just gotten really well and I was like, I went to go get breakfast with him in Malibu and my assistant Corey goes, are you on your way to Drew's? I'm like, yep, you turn <laughs> PCH. Like, of course, what do you think? But it was an alcoholic behavior. Mm, yeah. Why Were you late. headed to Duke's? No, that's where I fish. They watch me haul Caligo sea bass from a paddleboard at Duke's. Oh, oh, I'm Poseidon outside of Duke's, bro. Calico bass? You shoot with a spear? What do you do with Calico fish, bass? No, I fish like a human being, Drew. With a, with a pole? Yeah. Okay, all right. How would you spear Calico fish? bass? We used to spearfish Calico bass. Oh, they don't okay. usually bite. They don't that's, usually bite. That's why. I, uh, oh, they bite. I'll, I'll take that? you out there. Right. I know the spots, man. Right, right you, outside of Duke's? They're not biting. They're not there. I'm telling you, outside okay. of Dukes, but that that tide comes in. You got to keep your head on a swivel. You'll get demolished. Because Dukes after after twelve seven means Dukes the only place I can afford to go, and all these other people are going to uh, what's the sushi Marmalade. place? Oh, yeah. uh, Nobu or something? And, yeah, Nobu. <laughs> oh, They're going to Nobu shit. after oh. noon meeting. I'm like, I, I'm gonna <laughs> go to Dukes. Anybody going to Dukes? You know, it's Bob, salt <laughs> of the earth. You know, Paul and Quinn and Bob like to go to Dukes. You know, there's a guy paddleboard fishing. I, I like that every time I reel in a Caligo sea bass, like three pounds, somebody's eating, and I know I'm completely disgusting them. Like, oh, oh that's how happen around. That's I how it, it really comes. Out. Yeah, I put it like a sack on the paddleboard. It's flopping around, and they're just putting it into their mouth. Cooked, you have to like, hit it. Uh, <laughs> no mackerel and uh, barracuda. Are you close I, to Colin? Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to him in a while, but if we is, saw each other, we'd get big. Is already okay. I worry about him. I worry about Andy. Andy, everybody should worry about. Yeah, Andy, phone home. He does. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with Andy. That's why he's so fascinating. He does phone home. Actually, a I love of, you, buddy. A friend of mine got sober from that. So uh, uh, we had a band called Thelonious Monster, and then somebody asked us to do a reunion show. We hadn't played in like six years, and we couldn't find one of the members. So we put in the LA Weekly phone home, <laughs> and he saw it, and he realized like he no one, none of us knew where he was or what he was doing. It made him so sad. He went to uh, Hazelden and got wow. sober and has been sober was sober for years. That's and years. crazy. One of the Isn't best band names of all time, by the way. <laughs> Oh, Seriously, one of the Thelonious. best band names ever, Thelonious Monster. Really? Everybody, as always time goes so. on, they always call me Thelonious Monk, and I've corrected people cool. for decades. That's a and then finally, band. now Pianist. I just accept it. Like I know what you mean. Not, <laughs> they got the Thelonious right. Yeah, you got, where'd, where'd they come from, Thelonious? From Monk, we all love from the, from the jazz band. Yeah, but where did, where did it originally come from for them? No, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a it's a guy. That was his real. He's a his, his mom uh. named him. Now I believe she had some issues. She <laughs> named her only son Thelonious Sphere Monk in like 1930. Ooh, like think about that. Yeah, that's crazy name. Had to be and, earlier than that, didn't it? Yeah, maybe 20. Because uh, uh, a fine day in Harlem. I Nate, think is the doctor. Want to look that up? Know. One was Monk born. <laughs> Yeah, he was born in, in Harlem, yeah, in, yeah. in Manhattan. And his wow. name is Thelonious Sphere Monk. Any group photos, he would always, like, that. There's a there was a documentary, I think, A Fine Day in Harlem. Yeah, that J- J- Jabbar made. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made that movie. He made that? Yeah. 
And it's like your job, if you really want to work here, I don't know, magazine, maybe Vanity Fair or something. He's like, he bugged the shit out of these people, whoever the guy is. And the guy goes, I want you to get all these jazz musicians on a stoop in Harlem and take their photo. Go. And the guy did it. Yeah, it's a real famous photo. Everybody's Everyone's going, there. Oh, well, it's like got like uh, at Billy Holiday yeah, moment. Yeah. And it's 10 in the morning. And the guy knew he could, like, they, he's going to catch them before they go to bed. Like rolling dice and eating and stuff, and Monk knew everyone would have a. Dark there he is. What year was he born? He knew nineteen seventeen. Yeah, it was way earlier. Nineteen seventeen. He knew everybody would have a dark suit on, so he rushed home and he changed into a white suit. And in that photograph, he just bing. He just stands out. He's only got a white suit. In that See photo. if you can find that, that photograph. It'd be awesome. Yeah, the photograph. Because yeah. uh, anyway, a fine day in Harlem, a great day in Harlem. So what people don't know about Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Red Hot Peppers are also a jazz band. <laughs> they're also a jazz band. Louis, Ar- Louis Armstrong. The uh, King Oliver and his Red Hot Peppers, I think it was called, and uh, Louis Armstrong was the trumpet player. I have to uh, change while well, we're looking for that picture. Change uh, gears for a second, and because we're gonna take a we break. We got to do a, a hydrolyte. I just had a whole a whole bottle of it, and it was great. All right, it is fall, and your immune system is about to get tested. Everybody, not only does the changing weather mark the start of cold and flu season, it's also back to school time when kids become walking petri dishes. While catching something may be inevitable, there is no excuse for letting yourself get dehydrated in the process. So, when you're wiped out with cold or flu, the first piece of advice always to drink plenty of fluids. But we seem to forget that. Now, once you've started feeling dehydrated, it's already too late for water or sports drinks. Rapid rehydration requires the proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water, and nothing gives this like Hydrolyte. Hydrolyte's formulation is based on established, proven science, and it is the simply best rehydration product I've found in this country. Hydrolyte comes in great flavors, orange berry lemonade, and it's available in a pre-mixed drink, powder, or what I prefer, those effervescence tablets. You just drop in a glass of water or a bottle of water, off you go. It's like your own portable IV, but you can do it enterally. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-use, easy-to-follow instructions. You can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or online at Amazon.com. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolyte. Just click the banner on our site, drdrew.com, 30% off. Great deal. Do it. It is really good, by the way. Hydrolite. Great. I just drank a whole I know. If Colin can be it. so brave, I might even call it effervescent, right? <laughs> it is an effervescent tablet. We I'm like the only guy I know you pull off, you know, a Huck Finn hat. <laughs> yeah. Well, with, you know, I don't know, shoes from like uh, Dropkick Murphy's, you know? Yeah, the, this was New York City, 1980. Oh, my God. Look at that picture. Look at that photo. Isn't that, that amazing? Was a great day in Har- it was Esquire magazine. A great day in Harlem, and Monk's got the white suit on, and all the in neighborhood the kids pile up. Well, it's radio, and we're... Pointing to a photo. <laughs> We're pointing to a we'll, photo. We'll put it up on the website. We'll put yeah, it up. Yeah, put that up. Uh, listen, I'm doing a uh, special with Elizabeth Smart. You know Are you really? Is? Yeah. Yeah. She was abducted when she was 14 and yeah, held as a sex slave. weird slayer. religious guy. Sayeth was yes, the it, sentence that sprung her. That's right. She was she was denying who she was for an hour after she was rescued. She was so brainwashed. And finally, she she goes, thus sayest thou or something, if thou sayest, meaning that's who I, you know, if you say that's who I am, that's who I am. And that that's that's, a, she, that's a hip cop, by the way, to pick on. Yeah, them, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And because she was so convinced they would kill, her, that they would send the cops would send her back to this maniac, and that he would kill her and then kill her family. So she was just completely. Anyway, I just remind everybody that is going to be 
Uh, Monday, November 13th, um, premiered last today. night. I'm sorry, today, Monday, 13th of November. Two-part no. doc aired last night. The, the second part tonight at 9, <laughs> 7.30 and 9. And then uh, we do. I do a follow-up interview with she and her dad that was really quite moving for me. Uh, you can check it out at com. Where does she live now? Hold on a second. Susan wants to say Wait, something. He, he got that Claremont. Wrong. It actually airs. Claremont. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I saw her around. It, it actually airs tonight. That's what I said. And, um, 7.30 and the, the first part. And then tomorrow night, Monday, the 13th, the second part. But if you miss the first part tonight, you can watch Nobody it watches well. TV. Just go on no, there this, they're going to watch. I'm, I'm putting <laughs> this, this into my notes. One. I'm, I'm like, telling you, it's a great doc. It oh, is great. It's amazing. We, I made them watch it. It was so amazing. And then when, I felt privileged to talk to her after really hearing what she went through. And it was A-E-TV. very moving. AETV.com. AETV.com. And then next Monday on the 20th, Drew has a special where he Oh, they're doing it a week later? Yeah. So you can catch up with this. You put on your DVR. No, you know, they told me it was going to follow the second episode immediately. No, it's the 20th, according to what I have been writing. But maybe they turn that into but, a two hours. Then. Well, they have. They want to make sure everybody sees it this yeah, week. Nice. And yeah. that's an odd call for a talent booker. Which one, Elizabeth Smart? Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> no. like, a, uh, well, if Dave Navarro's not going to call us back. Get Elizabeth Smart <laughs> and and the girl from Italy too. The girl from Italy had yeah. a documentary too. Yeah, but Drew, I'm just picturing like you know. No, there's an agent for those people. You do, really? really? You could you could do a whole ten minutes on it. It's, well, a, it's not like a we new live na- in that world. You know that one guy that managed all of our clients. Oh yeah, there are people. It's a that, weird other. Yeah. It's not a comedy show business, but it is another world with its own agents in its own world. How do you make money as an agent of <laughs> abduction? <laughs> like you don't pay her for the interview. No, but she, she it's made not it, just it. abduction. It's it's you know the the girl from Italy. Right. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. <sighs> I can see her as clearly as day. Anyway, I it, swear to God, there are there and they're book agents in that space. Let's if yeah. we can call it a space. But it's a space. <laughs> it's all space. Anyway, buddy. she is married now with two kids and married a Scottish guy. She went on her mission to Paris. I mean, she did the mission and everything. She was More that than a mission. Yeah. She was that sort of able to sort of manage her life. It was amazing. It was just amazing. What, what she? Oh my God! You talking about? It sounds like a Helen Brand novel, like just the overcoming of uh, yes, no matter what. Yes, and the, the trauma the and dissociation and the, the sort of the, the how her body reacted to all these things and what she did afterwards. Is remarkable. Is she? Remarkable. Did oh, she have children? Did she Two have kids. children with the? Yeah. No, no, she not had... with him. Not with him. No, no, no. That was oh. the other one. That was the one that was held for a couple of years. Amanda Knox is the one. <laughs> no, Amanda Knox is the one from Italy. Amanda yeah. Knox is from Italy. Dude, but we could start an agency in that space. I need the money. <laughs> I'm going to find like a kid actor, some like precocious <laughs> Shirley Temple, Mason Reese. I don't know, gang. I don't know. My son watches these shows. I can tell when my son's been watching like Nickelodeon because I'll go like, "Do you want to take the kayak out?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. Who talks like that? He goes, "I do." <laughs> Can we go out in the kayak? I'm like, what is that? Somebody's been watching That's Disney. Drake and Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two oh worst names God. in the history of a title. Drake and Josh. Say that fast. But listen to, <laughs> but listen to this story. So so the dad goes – she so she said – four hours before, it's just stay, so stayest thou or whatever it was. They put her in a sort of a – they decompress her for a couple hours, reunites her with her family. She goes home. Everything's fine. No treatment. No nothing. Everything's great. No nothing. Goes home in her own bed. Sleeps in that bed that she was abducted from that night after nine months of, of just, I mean, the breathtaking abuse. But here's here's the interesting part. When I saw that, I thought, oh boy, oh no. And they and the parents were like, she had no control of her life, and she didn't want to see a therapist. We wanted to give her control. Turned out, listen to this. This I learned this from talking to her. 
that she did go see. The first thing they did, they said, well, it's going to be too traumatic for you to go to court and face these guys. So I'll tell you what. We'll set you up with psychiatrists. They'll do your interview and then they'll represent you in court. For the court, right. These idiots interviewed her with such – they sort of manhandled her. Re-traumatized her. Completely. Made her re-experience the whole thing, questioned the veracity of what she was saying because these were forensic psychiatrists trying to build that something. That was their job, yeah. They, were doing, they weren't ta- doing anything therapeutic. So her now in her head, this is what these mental health guys do in a room alone. I am not going near a, a middle-aged male treating me like this. No more. Uh-uh. And I thought, oh, my God, of course not. God bless her. That she, and she still was able to find her way out. She did get certain kinds of treatment and stuff later and things. But the isn't church that crazy? Mu- the church must have stepped church, in. I'm sure they did help her. Yeah, they do. They do. Church is good. Yeah. I, I uh, When I was doing stand-up in Salt Lake City, the guy, Keith Stubbs, that runs Wise Guys, there's two of them up there. And his wife, like, brought pies to the show and, like, offered to watch my son. And I'm like, that lady's the night. I go, you know what? I've been like clacking away at Mormons no, without knowledge. Like, you can have all your secret underground that you want. You're really nice and beautiful and good people. Like, you don't want anything from me. You're it's not going to convert me. It's true. I'm in for the weekend. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know I mean? it's not like, so when you come back, you're to come, right? Like, no. You got to see the South Parks on this. They're so good. Oh, yeah. So the Joseph good. Smith stuff. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody. I have a printing press except him. <laughs> well, no, I have a, I have a, a, a funny Mormon uh, friend who will defend like, oh, and the things you'd believe just because yeah. they're 1,300 years earlier or 1,800 yeah. years earlier, they're more true. Well, here's what it, it goes. <laughs> it goes to your left and right discussion. Well, None of religion is binary. Religion is an invention that's placed over faith. Yeah. To steer people where yeah. you want them to go. Yeah, it helps I mean, people. Or, 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 the book not, or help Exodus. them live a better life. Exodus, this way. Yeah. Keep going to the east. Keep moving east. Keep going. Keep going. Help, helping live a better life, a good life. What's wrong with that? Well, but but the, the South Park, though, sums it up perfectly. Ask an atheist. So, so across, the, across the episode, Kyle is taught the story of Joseph Smith. And by the end, he's like, I can't even hang around you people. <laughs> and he was his best, he was his best friend all, all through it. And all of a sudden, he just disconnects from the Mormon kid. So, of course, the four of them are at the bus stop at the end of the, sheer, the series. And uh, the little Mormon kid comes up and uh, he goes, oh, hey, Joey. Hey, Kyle. Uh, where you been, Kyle? Well, you know, I, that stuff you guys told me, I, I can't hang around with you anymore. I don't believe that anymore. He goes, really? Okay. Well, I, you're right. We believe some crazy stuff. And those stories, they're pretty wild. But because of those stories, I have a great life and a great family. And if you can't deal with that, you just suck my ball. <laughs> <laughs> and Carpenter goes, that kid is cool. <laughs> yeah. Right? Is that, did I get that about right? You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. There you go. What's your Twitter, Drew? Uh, Dr. Drew. I'm going to retweet this, yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, this is an important thing. Like I'm yeah, looking online about the A and E. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a. Good, I was very pleased with it. Privilege. I got to talk to her dad too, and that poor guy. Oh my God, what he went through is unbelievable. Yeah, you ain't lying. I mean, you got kids. You got beautiful kids. You have a beautiful bride. That's why. That's right. But you're the hottest man alive. No, I don't have. A, I don't no, have the. Not to be. Nice. I, I got some. I collected some good genes over here. Just a side note. Yeah. Right. When I see these, what comes to be these religious fanatics who kidnap women and have children with them, you can pretty much spot them. How do they go unspotted for years and years and years and decades? Grooming. They're experts. No, no, but to the police, I mean, they all have like Moses beards, right? 
and they walk around with a harem all wearing white. Like, doesn't anybody question them? Well, I don't like, think they wear white when and... they're grooming. Uh, what? They don't wear white till they get back inside the teepee. When they're out <laughs> grooming, they're dressed like, you know, John no, Wayne her, Gacy. Her, her, her guy, guy was weird yeah, looking. Yeah, that's really wacky. You know, and they're known by police. How do, how do they not know they've got like a 14-year-old girl stuffed there in a garage There was no profiling back know, then. We weren't, and, yeah. nobody profiled. Like, nobody, but you also don't know just... where he goes when she's gone. You just see him around. And there's a bunch of those like, guys. Uh, like, there's a guy, uh, you go to this, uh, Lakers games, yeah. right? There's a guy that sits with a bullhorn on the corner right in front of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar statue every night. With, no, that's every Kareem, night, actually. With a, a Kareem, right. That is him. It, no, that's no. A, the but there's a guy with a bullhorn <laughs> that just screams out at, at you as you're trying to go to a basketball game about the end is coming and Jesus and all this stuff. I want that guy, like, a check sash. him out. Check out what's going on in his life. Because that's nuts to stand out there. You ever seen the guy? It's profiling, man. <laughs> yeah, know that we are allowed. That's, uh, that's your right wing Inland Empire brain. <laughs> oh, there right. I am. You know, with that, your liberal with bubble those friends. Logical ideas. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the guy has just got a born. You know, repent or die. You know, the guy's on Sunset Boulevard. It's like. <laughs> Jesus God. died for your sins. No, Jesus died because he was convicted of heresy. Dude, if you want to go verse for verse, I'm your guy. Let's do this. Let's do it. He was convicted of heresy for saying he was king of the Jews by the Romans. He didn't die for my sins. Oh, my goodness. We're going to take a little break. Uh, we're going to keep this going on Facebook, so don't leave on Facebook. But the podcast will continue with Jay Moore next Monday. Also, the next Monday we'll have the interview with Chris. Yeah. Yes, from the last house, which is the sober house that Bob and I kind of did. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, we'll uh, see you next time, and we're going to keep this going on Facebook, so don't go anywhere. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew podcast, the This Life podcast, and the Adam and Drew podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live. Now, there are a lot of factors that lead to recovery and particularly success in recovery, but programs that challenge patients, that don't gratify them, that often is the most effective. And that's what we like about Last House Sober Living in Los Angeles. Last House structured program based on accountability and your actions, living a certain kind of life. Not like those luxury treatment centers that kind of feed the narcissism, entitlement, and selfishness. Last House works to combat the learned helplessness some of these millennials have. Also, device dependency. A lot of places uh, shrink from that one. And the codependent family system that needs a lot of help. The community challenges addicts with disciplinary systems that teaches them consequences for their choices and actions. The program isn't easy. In fact, it's quite difficult. It's supposed to be difficult. It's hard work to recover. Their theory is, much like diamonds, recovered addicts are forged under pressure. If you or a loved one is looking for a program that aligns with so many of the characteristics we believe lead to a successful recovery, please have a look at Last House. Learn more, visit thelasthouse.net. Again, that is thelasthouse.net. Visit them today. (laughs) 